What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for episode 43 of Hit the Books. This week, we got a bunch of news and things from the NHL, NFL, MLB. So let's uncover episode 43 by introducing my co-hosts, Huff and Mackie. Mackie, start us off this week. What's happening in MLB second half of the season starting up? What else do we got, buddy? What's going on, guys? Yeah, we had uh, the MLB All-Star Weekend or whatever it was this past uh, few days. So that's talk about. Not a lot of sports going on right now, so we're we're uh, we're working with what we got, but you know we're gonna be talking like Madden. There's a lot of Madden ratings that came out this week, so we'll go over that, and then, and then uh, just the basic stuff. So, Puff, what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, not too much going on with me. Happy to be back another week, episode forty-three, uh, as uh, I think Jesse said, but. Excited to be back for another week, as you said. Yeah, we're officially in like the the sports dog days of summer. Once the MLB All Star break uh, kind of comes and goes, uh, late July, it's kind of tough to kind of just wait around, wait till college football and NFL is right around the corner. So uh, definitely gonna have a lot of stuff coming in the coming weeks as we look ahead to uh, college football and the NFL. But uh, like you said, as far as this week, got some NHL stuff, a little. Interesting stuff coming out of the MLB this past week, as you said, with the All-Star Weekend and some news with uh, maybe the now defending home run derby champion. So we'll get into that in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, let's get into this NFL section. Let's get right to it. Yes, let's start the episode off with some NFL jumping right in. Uh, we got some news out of San Francisco San Francisco 49ers have officially given quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo's agent permission to seek a trade. Jimmy G has been cleared to start practicing as well. So possibly some big moves for him out of San Francisco. What do we think? So supposedly the teams that are interested in him are Seattle, which is in the division. And I've already heard that that's not an option. The 49ers are not going to trade him in the division. Uh, the other one was the Texans, I think, but they said if the deal was going to get done with the Texans, it would have already gotten done. Uh, so I don't know if that was something that kind of had a deadline for one of the teams to maybe come to an agreement with one of another. But um, I'm still – it's kind of interesting that they're putting it in the kind of, I guess, his agent's position to go seek the trade. I always feel like that's kind of interesting when they do that. But they, in the end of the day, the GM still has to, you know, put the final agreement on it, so – uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to this. Obviously, the 49ers are looking uh, at their future with uh, Trey Lance under center. So we'll see what they can do. Yeah, I mean, I think we all saw this coming. I could just see him going like a shitty team, having a very mediocre year with a bad team and just kind of falling off the face of the earth, to be honest. He's one of those quarterbacks who got, who's been carried in his career. So I think he's going to go to a shitty team and get exposed and – I don't know. That's pretty much it. I saw someone say, "What if he goes to Tampa Bay and backs up Tom again?" <laughs> I think he, I think he would retire. Yeah, that'd be so funny. Yeah, but uh, I think he could be a starter, maybe a low grade starter in this in this league. But I don't know. I feel like yeah. Text- put it this way: like he's not he's not top fifteen, but there's not thirty guys that I'd rather have. Over yeah. Right okay. Now. Yeah. Exactly. He's good enough to be a starting quarterback. I think Texans are a great spot for him, to be honest. Yeah. Just for him to stay in a starting spot. That division's so wide open with how unproven that new Colts team is, uh, with Matt Ryan, and obviously the Titans are 
losing their star receiver. They're kind of losing guys all over the field. Obviously, they still have King Henry in the backfield and Tannehill. So, uh, and then Jacksonville, who knows what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence uh, with, you know, his first year without a full year without Urban Meyer. So, we'll see if he can reach his full potential. So, that would be a nice little destination for him. The AFC South is kind of, like I said, a wide-open division. Not really wide open, kind of more two teams uh, favored at the top and then uh, the drop-off for the the Texans and Jags. But definitely would be an interesting landing spot. Obviously, he has the experience never winning the Super Bowl, but has gotten there, has been on some really good teams and definitely has a lot of playoff experience. So uh, he he can add to a team, like I said. I don't think – there's definitely not 30 other guys that are better than him right now. So uh, like I, I think those, he'll find his spot. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully he does. Pretty sick. Next, we got Cooper Cup winning Best Championship Performance awarded by the ESPYs. Little award there for the boy. Yeah, that's. I didn't even see this until right now. That's obviously well-deserved. The Super Bowl MVP, a huge part of why the Rams have won that game. Uh, Bengals weren't an easy out for them. Obviously, a lot of people thought that the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl. They were pretty favored in that game. I know the spread was only four and a half, but um, the money line was pretty steep on the Rams just to win that game. And because of guys like Cup and the performance they expected him to have, and he absolutely fulfilled all expectations. And uh, what do you have, the one or two touchdowns? One? One, I think. Yeah, may- he might have had two. Maybe I don't one. Think they, so. didn't, they, only scored t- they only scored, what, 23? Yeah, so what, 23 they only 20 had two was touchdowns. the final score. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, he had one and Odell had Odell one. had the first, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hell of a performance by him, and obviously in the Super Bowl, no bigger stage, so yeah, uh, you got to figure that guy was going to get this he, I feel like everything that he did throughout the entire year and throughout the entire playoffs came into play in that in that uh, award, but, I mean, definitely still well-deserved. He's incredible player all year, and he's being recognized too, so he's just adding to his accolades. Do you think he has any kind of drop off going into next season? Uh, yeah, but not to an extent where it's like a problem. I mean, you go from a triple crown, there isn't. Yeah, really, that's what I mean. I mean the peak. standard gotta, is so high right now. You got to go down a little, but I mean, I don't think he. I think he's still dominant player this year. Maybe not to this extent, but I don't really think he drops off, especially not this year. Maybe in a few years, yeah. see him a little. Yeah, see him downgrade a little throughout the years, but. No, dude, that guy's That's really athletic. Biggest... He's such a huge part of that team, staying in the same offense, same system. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is him, obviously, his consistency throughout this season and his just kind of steady growth is his throughout his entire career. He's just been getting better and better every season. So, obviously, putting up a stat he... line this year. The type of player he it'll is. It'll be interesting to see what he does, yeah. It's not It's not a fluke Like when you, when you play like that. like People just can't keep up with you. You're more athletic than other people. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's his yard. His yards after catch is what just blows me away. And like that'll catch up with him, yeah. But he's got a few more years of total dominance, I think. Yeah, before that catches up to him, right? Yeah. And even when he gets older, he's gonna be a beast. Just possession receiver, just eight yard slant throw to him. He's gonna be like a better, down. like a better like Danny or Julian Edelman. Yeah. I think he's definitely and because better. he's bigger than him. He's he's bigger than him. And I think he's a little more athletic too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good for him, though. Well-deserved. Recently retired and former New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton said on Tuesday that he thinks he will get back into coaching. 
pretty interesting move. How old is he now? He's not. He's, he's not that old. Fifty? He yeah, he's not that old. If he wanted to, he can um, another fifteen years. I saw something. Yeah, there though. was. Go ahead. They were talking about um, Mike McCarthy and how his safety of his job after this year, and they were saying like, <laughs> it's kind of a joke. But even on ESPN, they said or on SportsCenter, they said that they're like, "What does he have to do to to keep this job for the following year?" And, and the guy said, "Ask Sean Payton not to come back," <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, I guess he wants to go. They're talking about him going to the Cowboys, but Sean Payton's an incredible coach, so. I, I hope I hope to see him back. He shouldn't have retired this early. I just was never that high on I guess the Saints and Drew Brees and him. So I just guess my opinion on Sean Payton is a little different. But I don't know. He gets all the praise from all these obviously like huge football minds. So you're gonna give him the praise that you know he's earned to the Super Bowl champion. But uh, and the consistency throughout his whole career, obviously, like you could point the finger at Drew Brees and say, yeah, he had one of the best quarterbacks ever. But I also have a different opinion about Drew Brees than most people, but um, yeah, I, I do agree. I don't think he should have retired or needed to. I think it was more the situation that the Saints team was in. Uh, he was ready to step away from that organization and try to go in a different direction. Obviously, with the contract situation, I don't think that. Uh, I think it's kind of a situation where you see like these players kind of threatening retirement to get out of a contract or sit out the year to get out of a contract. And I think that's what you're going to see with Sean Payton here, maybe in the next year or so, him come back uh, to a team, like you said, maybe a Cowboys, see what happens in the next season or maybe mid-season this coming year uh, if it's if it's eligible in his contract. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But, uh, yeah, that's – I don't know, I guess – yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like people compare Sean Payton up there with like the NFL, like greats. I'm like, he won one Super Bowl. I don't – He's a good, you know what I mean? Like, he's better than most. He's above yeah, average NFL coach. No, but like, I feel like he's very overrated. I know what you're saying to the point where like they put him in like with like that historically great group that they have. Um, but I feel like he's not. He doesn't get that praise. I guess he his his name is up there, but I don't know. I don't think he's really. I guess he's overrated. I guess you could say he's overrated, but. I, He's better. He's better than a little above average, I think. Like I feel like you have the same kind of opinion about me as Drew Brees. You're not the biggest Drew Brees guy. Right? I'm not a huge Drew Brees guy either. But yeah. that also that makes me think that Sean Payton is even better of a coach. I agree. And that team when they won the Super Bowl, dude, they were so good. Fucking Reggie Bush was he? He was on that team, right? I think so. What year did they win it? I wanted. Six? I wanted to say oh six no. too. Twenty eleven. Was it that late? What year was What year was the hurricane? Twenty ten. They beat the Colts. I thought twenty ten was Green Bay. The twenty ten season, that Super Bowl was technically. This was technically the two thousand nine season. Okay. The so. year before the Saints won, it was the Steelers and Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. Duh. Uh, is that Heinz Ward catch? That was the San Antonio Holmes back Antonio, in the corner. Back corner I thought that was Heinz Ward. I don't know why. Heinz Ward was the Super Bowl forty against the Seahawks, that trick play. No. But um, now I need to know if Reggie Bush was on this team. Yeah, Reggie Bush was on that team. That team is loaded. 
That team yeah, was loaded. That team was definitely loaded. You know, he got his Super Bowl. I guess it makes his legacy a little like oh that much better. So if he doesn't have that, you're talking you're completely different conversation. Yeah, and they beat a pretty stacked uh Peyton Manning led Indianapolis Colts team. Peyton Manning only had one super or two Super Bowls. One with the Colts and yeah, one yeah, in Alden. Because that last one that he won. Saved his yeah. fucking legacy. He beat Cam. Yeah, and the worst Super Bowl of all time. Yeah, that, that first Super Bowl was, was so safety. bad. No, no, no. That was the Seahawks beating Peyton. So what when the was, Seahawks beat the when the Seahawks beat the Broncos, like the first play of the game was a safety. Right? And then and then they punted them the ball and then they got the they got a turnover and scored. And then they threw like a pick six. It was literally like eighteen nothing before they could even think. Yeah, about it. it finished like forty three to eight, right? Yeah, forty three so to that, eight was the final score. That Panthers game it was it was like sixteen thirteen maybe. I feel like it was a all defense. Didn't didn't um didn't Von Miller win MVP? Yeah, yeah, it was like all defense. I'm looking it up right now. 24-10, Broncos won. 24-10, yeah. Maybe I, yeah, I just remember Cam, they couldn't do anything. Well, that was when Cam was like 14-2, and two, right? Yeah, that high-powered offense of Carolina just got shut down. It was just Cam not knowing what that to do Denver, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Denver defense was too good. Yeah, definitely. Cam, Cam felt the pressure. Von Miller was so fucking good that year. Alrighty. And going back to what we talked about last week with some teams unveiling some new helmets and such with the new ruling from the NFL, the Carolina Panthers are the latest team to unveil their alternate helmet for the 2022 NFL season. Switching things up from their traditional silver helmet with a flat black helmet. Got a photo here. Pretty sweet looking with the big, you know, Panther on the back, right side there that I can see. Flat black, like it says. I like yeah, it. those go with the those go with the jerseys pretty well. Those are sick. And obviously, we were just talking about the Panthers, so I didn't even mean to. Yeah, I think they look good too. Yeah, I, I've never been a personally like I've never been a fan of silver football helmets. I just think they're always like there's always a better option than silver. Like for example, how the Patriots are bringing back the Pat the Patriot one. They're obviously the one that they've worn for the past twenty years, being the silver one with the the Patriot logo that you're thinking of on the side, and the Panthers and the silver. I just feel like. Uh, a lot of these silver helmets, I just feel like there's a lot of better options. But the flat black, I'm not necessarily huge on a lot of these teams switching to the flat look, uh, kind of like the college and stuff like that. I'm more like the the more like fun and kind of like the outgoing uniforms in college. But I still like when they do the color rush and stuff like that in the NFL. But as far as the traditional uniforms, like the flat helmets are still kind of something that are going to take some time to grow on me. Uh, the w- ones I do like for flat helmets are the the Minnesota Vikings. I like their flat purple ones. They're tr- just normal ones that they wear all the those time. Those are but, dope. Yeah, though. But then, like you look at other ones that are so ugly, and those fade ones that the Jaguars wore for like two years. The you know, uh, it's like a the, matte looking thing. Yeah, they were brutal. Yeah, they go from like gold in the black. Yeah, they were bad. Like that's what I mean. Like some of the flat looks are good. This is obviously a good one because it's kind of going with like an all black look with that light blue, so it kind of pops. So I like it on them. It'll be interesting. It'll obviously I, I'm excited to see all these new uniform 
kind of like combinations on the field. It would kind of look like a real-life game of Madden, uh, kind of like whenever you're playing your boys, just messing around with all the uniform combinations. So I'm excited to see some of these. You're going to see some ugly ones and some really nice ones. Yeah, like this will look sick. Like I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know if like the Panthers play the Bengals, but like if the Panthers wear these all blackout black Panther orange. uniforms and like the and like the Panthers or or the Bengals are wearing those white tiger uniforms, it looks sick together. So that'll look dope, yeah. Yeah, so yeah some cool. of these I I still don't know. Is every team doing one? I assume so. Maybe not the, all at the same time, but I bet you like, they'll all, they'll all re- the Steelers and Cowboys have had the same helmet their entire existence. I feel like they're like they're just like the two teams that are like the traditional teams got to stay the same, like the Yankees and the Pinstripes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I hate about like when teams do fun stuff like that, like with like for the Steelers, for example. Like they're like, no, nah, we're too good for that. We're just gonna stick to our. Yeah, we're stuff. too we're too uh, original for that. We're one of the original. Yeah, teams. we don't. Yeah, we don't do color rush. It's like, what do you mean? The whole league's doing it. Like, I mean, they do. They did it. You know what I mean? Like, like, that's a bad example, but like, kind of, like this, for example, like the Bengals are releasing a white tiger helmet. That's sick. And like, I'm not saying I want the Steelers to do a white helmet, but like, I've seen some people do some mock-ups of every NFL team, like what they should do. And I've seen like some white Steeler helmet, like with the white jersey. It just looks like just something different. You're allowed to have a second helmet, like yeah. Like, there's a reason the NHL teams wear white helmets when they wear white jerseys. It looks sick. Yeah, the white on white looks crazy. Like, I'm, I have NFL Network on right now, and I'm watching the fucking Chargers and Chiefs game from last year, week 15. <laughs> and the Chargers, white helmets, like, they're not wearing white jerseys, but when they wear white jerseys, that's a good example because they look sick. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any of the other other teams that I'm like trying to think that I'm like that haven't announced something yet that I'm like these are gonna look sick. Like the I think the Cardinals said they're gonna do like a black helmet. Am I correct on that? Yeah, but I, I think feel like that's similar. something we've seen before. Not yeah, that we have, we have, but I feel like it's like I don't know. Not that. What are some teams that would be like sick? We've seen a we've seen a neon Seahawks, haven't we? Yeah. I feel like not a helmet. The yeah, jersey is on the jersey. entire I uniform. feel like a neon helmet with neon jerseys would be too, like too much, though. Yeah, it's going to be too much. Um, I don't know. I'd say, like, that's tough. The Dolphins could have a sick one. Yeah, the Dolphins could have, like, a cool that, like, orange or something. Yeah. Or the Chiefs could have a yellow helmet. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to, like, sit down and actually think about that, but... As these come out, we'll kind of keep, we'll definitely keep going over them because these are pretty sweet. Like I said, it's gonna look like a real life game of Madden out there. Yeah, they, they are should, pretty cool. Could be fun to watch. Absolutely, a little transition. NFL gambling statistic from the last season: If you would have bet every underdog money line in the regular season and postseason last year, based on hundred dollar units, you'd be up two thousand five hundred and thirty four dollars. That's crazy. That's wild. You know, you know what I'm thinking about? Like, first week, that's probably so profitable because teams are, like, so – you they're so hard to read before the season actually starts. So there's probably so many wrong favorites in that week one. See, I actually think this this trend got more profitable towards the end of the season last year. You think all those you big think wins so? towards the end of the season 
like think about the playoffs. Like the if you that means like every underdog. So that means you had the 49ers over the Cowboys. That wasn't huge, but that was a you big had the one. The Bengals over the Chiefs. You had the Bengals riding every game in the playoffs. You had some crazy odds in the, on the Bengals all throughout the playoffs. I feel like it's, you know it's, I mean? pro- it's honestly probably pretty even throughout the entire season. Maybe a little yeah. more heavy in the beginning and the end, but like. Yeah, I think through the thick of the the middle of the season, I think it gets pretty, pretty heavy on the favorites when they get rolling. But I think, like you said, it kind of you start out pretty profitable. You might see a little dip, but I think the playoffs is run by underdog money lines. Because usually yeah. one of the dogs makes it all the way to the NFC or AFC championship, and usually the divisional round they're plus two fifty or more. Yeah, you're right. Think about like, like Jacksonville beating had, Buffalo when they were fourteen and a half point underdogs. That's what I mean. Like the money line had to be like over a thousand. Yeah. Or like you think about the last game of the season when all the all the Colts had to do was beat Jacksonville and they were in the playoffs. <laughs> Jacksonville was like a plus eight hundred money line that game. Yeah, see, like you you would lose so many weeks, but then you'd have those weeks where it's just in, incredibly profitable. Yeah, you'd win like two grand in one week, but then you'd lose a grand the next week. Yeah, and then you'd, you'd obviously you'd end up twenty five hundred bucks up. It'd be so Crazy. stressful. I could never do that. Yeah, I could never follow a trend like that. Just gamble. All right, let's get into this Madden. Yeah, let's let's roll into this Madden stuff. I didn't realize that was what, what was next. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Madden releasing their player rankings for each position here, the top tens. Huff, you want to roll through these? And, yeah, as you said, this past week we had the the Madden 23, some of the player announcements or overall uh, rating announcements being made uh, for a couple of the positions. I have the top ten for the running backs, wide receivers, and the edge rushers. I believe they're announcing some of the other positions uh, kind of day by day as they go. Uh, still don't know who's on the official normal Madden 23 cover. Obviously, John Madden's on the, the Madden edition uh, for this year, but still no official announcement on who's on the normal cover, but – We'll get right into these top 10 running backs uh, based on their overall ranking. I'm going to go 10 to 1. So uh, number 10, we have Ezekiel Elliott at an 88 overall. Tied with him at number 9, we have Austin Eckler. Um, right above them at Aaron Jones at an 89, we have our – or scratch that. Uh, Aaron Jones sitting at number 8 at an 89 overall. Um, number 7, Alvin Kamara sitting at a 90. Joe Mixon. The Cincinnati Bengals, 93 overall at number six. Uh, and then we head to Dalvin Cook at number five and 94 overall. Jonathan Taylor, 95, sitting at number four. Christian McCaffrey right above him at a 96, sitting at number three. Tied with Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, who is uh, also sitting at a 96. And number one, uh, pretty kind of expected, Derrick Henry sitting at a 97. So... Uh, this top 10 running backs, I uh, can't really think of anyone jumping off the page at me that's kind of got snubbed from this. These overalls are kind of from the 7, seven to 10, obviously kind of based by two rating or two overall rating. Uh, not too many guys. I think they got this list right, in my opinion. Um, I think I would uh, like to see, I'd like to see Dalvin Cook higher than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I'd like to see. I, I also I don't understand why McCaffrey, I mean, I understand why he's that high, but I don't think he should be that high because he hasn't really played, dude. 
like two years in he, a row. McCaffrey's the definition of a Madden player. Like he's the mo- he's the most fun player to play with on Madden because obviously like injuries aside, he's just shifting how around agile and he is. Yeah, yeah. The, he, you throw it to him out of the backfield. You can do you can use him in so many ways in Madden, and him to get a ninety six overall like. Just his play style and like the one, obviously, like I think Chubb has been like, believe me, he's a really good running back. But like, for in Madden terms, a ninety-six overall, like, I don't know. That's crazy. He's a really dude. good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I was gonna say I don't think it should be two. In my opinion, I'd go just overalls aside. I think it should go Derrick Henry, McCaffrey, maybe. Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor. I'm cool with the whole six through ten. I like I like the one through five. They I think they got it right. But I'm just not a big fan yeah, of the order. Dude. I'd like to see Cook up a little higher. I think he's better than Jonathan Taylor right now. You think so? See, I think I, it I'm should, a, I think it should be Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, McCaffrey, Chubb. Chubb at five. Yeah, you're saying dude. Chubb at five. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, just because like not, it's crazy to say, but yeah, to be honest, yeah, look at it's those, a different, look, it's look totally different guys. than saying, it's totally different than saying who are the top five running backs in the NFL. This is we're talking Madden, yeah. So obviously Henry's not even an argument. He's going to be the number one, uh, whether we're talking top running backs in the NFL or in Madden. So him sitting at one, that's pretty untouchable. But yeah, I, 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 I'm going to agree with you. I think. I like Cook more, um, his play style. I think for the video game, I'm thinking more like the play style of like who you want to play with in the game. I know Jonathan Taylor was a beast. I don't know. I think either of these guys obviously sitting at 95 and 94 overall, like they're obviously one overall apart. That comes down to like three speed and a couple agile points. Yeah. It's like they're the same player. So really it's just like pick who you want, but – yeah, I think I, I'm with you. I don't I don't know why that Nick Chubb continuously is getting above a ninety five overall in Madden. I just feel like he don't get me wrong, he's a great he's a great running back, but he's a ninety four. What is he what is he what has he done that's been better than other, these other guys? Jonathan Taylor just he just had the most rushing yards in the season. You can give him that accolade. Dalvin Cook, I feel like he makes that Vikings team that offense at least so much better with having him in the backfield. Yeah. What? What? Like I don't know. What, I don't. Know. Like even like you look at the other side, like Joe Mixon, like what he means to that Bengals team, or like the the threat that he took off of Joe Burrow in the rushing game. Like, not saying he's going to sneak into that top five, but like to talk about running backs that just improve things. So yeah, he's not far um, off. Yeah, exactly. So, I also. I mean, that's obviously why he's sitting right there at six. I also don't know about Zeke at ten. I don't know. I just don't know who I would put in for him. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Dude, like, Najee, Zeke, dude, Najee's not, not there yet. No, nah, Najee's not there yet. But Zeke is Najee's not probably, it anymore, man. I didn't see Najee's overall, but I bet he's sitting right there at an 86. Probably, probably 85, 86. Yeah, he's a he's a fan favorite too. So he obviously he gets a little lean, like. When they're sitting there, they're like, all right, I got him in an 84. I got him in 85. I got him in 86. They're like, all right, let's go 85, 86. Who has more? They're like, all right, give him an 86. Like, certain guys just, like, I feel like they get the lean on some of the overall points from the ratings players or from the rating givers. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think of other guys that would be kind of rounding out that top 10. 
Yeah, I've been saying like before. not Dude, like no Saquon. One like, yeah, like where's Saquon? But he just he's he hasn't been healthy. But you could he's, say that for McCaffrey gonna be, too. He's gonna be he's gonna be eleven. Brandon or Brandon Josh Jacobs. He's he's definitely right outside there too. Hundred percent. I know there's someone else that we're forgetting. I do. I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm going to team through team. And then you start to get to like guys like Javante Williams, guys that aren't really like proven yet with like Denver. I um, think uh, on I here. think Josh Jacobs is eleven. He's got to be. Yeah. And Jacobs. I think he's better than Zeke, to be honest. Yeah, especially with the past two years that Zeke's had. Yeah. Zeke's another one. He's a fan favorite, and, like, he sells jerseys, so, like, Madden puts him in these top ten ratings. Yeah, exactly. He sells jerseys. But, yeah, so we'll get into some of these, uh, the top ten wide receivers. I'll do the same thing, ten to one. Uh, Number ten, Amari Cooper, 90 overall. Number nine, Keenan Allen, 91 overall, tied with number eight. Terry McLaurin, 91. Uh, number seven, Mike Evans, 92 overall. Number six, Justin Jefferson, at, sitting at a 93 overall. Number five, Stephon Diggs, 95 overall. DeAndre Hopkins, 96 overall, sitting at number four. Tyreek Hill, sitting at number three at 97 overall. Cooper Cup at a 98 overall, sitting at number two. And number one overall, Devontae Adams, a member of the 99 club this year. Uh, getting the 99 overall, sitting at number one. I like these ratings, but I do think Cooper Cup should be a 99. I said the same thing. Cup should be a 99. They should I don't both wanna, should be I, 99s. Here's the thing. I don't think you should have two wide receivers be a 99, and I do think Devonta Adams should be a 99, but Cup, Cup just won the triple crown, dude. Give him the, give him the 99. Yeah, if anything – this is the one thing where I was going to say, like, it's very different in real life. Who's the better receiver? Who's the better, like, who's going to get the better nod in the video game? Like, the year the Cup just had last year, I still think he's going to be on the cover this year. I don't know if he was a finalist or anything, but I still think he's – I thought he was going to be on the cover of men. But, like you said, I thought he was going to be get the 99. And just for the sake of, like, what you just said, the year that he had um, – and not giving two receivers a 99, I thought that they were going to put Adams at a 98. But the way they did it, I, I'm not going to argue it. I obviously think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. Uh, the one that I'm interested in is obviously Tyreek Hill, 97, and Hopkins, 96. Um, and then even right behind him, you got Diggs at a 95. I think Diggs is is the five spot. I think obviously you could argue for D-Hop going up to three. But like I said, in, in a video game, the speed that Hill has and like, that you take all that stuff into account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyree Kill gets the nod there. I think I think the top five is perfect. Yeah, I think top six is perfect actually. You can start interchanging when it goes seven through seven seven through nine. I I don't think. Yeah, like Keenan Allen and Keenan Terry Allen could, tied. Keenan Allen could be seven. He could be realistically. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll get into these top ten edge rushers, and then we'll get into some NHL talk. Um, these ones, obviously, there's, in my opinion, a lot more shakeup that uh, I can name a couple guys that got snubbed, at least off the top of my head. So I'll uh, start number 10, Rashawn Gary, the Green Bay Packers, 89 overall. Chandler Jones, number 9, 90 overall. Demarcus Lawrence, number 8, 90 overall. 
Cameron Jordan, uh, number seven, sitting in a 91 overall. Joey Bosa, 91 overall, number six. Khalil Mack, uh, the newly acquired L.A. Charger, sitting in a 92 at uh, number five. Tied with Vaughn Miller, who's a number f- at the number four spot. Number three, Nick Bosa, 94 overall. Number two, T.J. Watt, 96. And number one, Miles Garrett, another member of the 99 club, getting the 99 overall rating. Talk about it. The first co- – all right, so I'll say my snub. Rashawn Gary's not in the top ten. Max Crosby, the year that he just had last year, I'm get, I'm putting him in this top ten. Um, maybe even not even at the ten spot. I might even – so there, there's a couple shakeups. I don't think Miles Garrett should have got the 99. I think yeah. obviously the defensive defensive player of the year, I'm not saying he should have got the 99, but TJ gets think the one person. I don't think I've heard one person say that they got this right with the one and two. Yeah, so TJ obviously should be one, not saying 99, maybe 97, 98, put Garrett right behind him. I think it should be 98, Garrett's at 97. I'm cool, yeah, yeah. I'm cool with Nick Bosa at number three. I think Joey Bosa should be right behind him at number four. Then you go Vaughn Miller at five, Cleo Mack six. I'm not the biggest Cam Jordan fan, but he's going to be sitting right there. Actually, no, that's probably where I'm sliding uh, Chandler Jones to up to number six or seven. I think I think Chandler Jones should be about a 94. I think he got snubbed just getting into the 90s. Um, and then, like I said, Max Crosby to round out that top ten. Yeah. I don't I don't know who is so high on Rashawn Gar- Rashawn Gary or what he did in the past two years. But like, <laughs> I mean, I in like an eighty nine isn't that crazy, but like that's what makes me think like Crosby has to be at an eighty eight, right? Like he could even be an eighty nine. Yeah, true. But yeah, obviously this one was the one with the most like people were like, "Who's making this list?" This also like, is the like a lot, a lot easier to mess up. There's yeah, a lot more to bring into mi- play. You when when you look at uh, I mean the wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks are all eyes on them. But you start going to the edge rushers and you got to actually dig into into film and and stats and impact. I'm surprised they give Khalil Mack the nod over Joey Bosa, both being on the Chargers this year. I also think they got that wrong, to be honest. Yeah, they did. That's what I was saying. Like, I think Bosa, I think Joey Bosa is the four right behind his brother. Ahead of Von Miller. I think it goes, yeah, I think it goes Watt, Garrett, Bosa, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Vaughn Miller, Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, Demarcus Lawrence, and Cameron Jordan, I think, are tied. And then Max Crosby, number 10. I like that list, to be honest. I just think the Bosos are so good, and like they do get the hype, but they are fucking really good. They do get the hype, don't they? Yeah, they're definitely not underrated. Yeah, that's the thing is they're so they they they're so in your face, and obviously both of their teams have so much hype. The 49ers, the success they've had in the past couple of years, and obviously all the hype around the Chargers, all these new additions, and Herbert, can he get it done? So, um, yeah, they're definitely not underrated, like you said. Yeah, so as usual, Madden uh fucks up a little, so Yeah, I'll do I'll do my usual roster adjustments. <laughs> um Rashawn Gary, hate to say it, you're gonna go down to about an eighty seven, buddy. 
That's generous. I don't even know he should be above an 85. Yeah, the rubber made this is high on him. He's a Packers season ticket holder, probably. <laughs> He's like, I gotta see my boy in the top 10. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Excited for Madden this year. I think it's gonna be. Hopefully. Is that in like a week? Two weeks? E- yeah. And into the NHL, the latest news we got, Matthew Kachuk announces he will not sign long-term in Calgary while not officially asking for a trade. He's expected to be traded now. His five ideal teams he would want to sign a long-term deal with would be the Dallas Stars, Vegas Golden Knights, Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blues, and the Florida Panthers. He's very unhappy in Calgary, I believe. So what do you guys got? Yeah, this kind of this kind of came out of nowhere to be honest, but I I understand it with uh, Goudreau leaving too. I'm just surprised Ottawa's not a destination that he would want to be in with his brother, and I don't know. It just seems like a good spot for him, but this guy, I I feel like he has a scumbag attitude, so I could see him going. Yeah, um, I could see him going to uh, Dallas. He could be a scumbag in Dallas, hundred percent. They'll love him down there. So when, obviously, like you said, this was pretty unexpected, and then you see Gaudreau sign that deal, and a lot of people were saying what's going to happen and with his contract situation, and then the news kind of broke that he said he wasn't going to re-sign, and then it kind of transferred into he might get traded, or the trade's going to kind of happen sooner rather than later. Um, and like you said, I didn't even see these uh, potential, uh, his trade destinations that he would like. Um, yeah, obviously the one the, it's like requesting. the one that jumps off the page to me is the St. Louis Blues obviously him being from St. Louis uh, growing up there when his dad was playing for St. Louis I still think that's going to be the spot that I think there definitely could be the front runner to land him I think he fits that play style with I still don't know if obviously last offseason there were some rumblings of Tarasenko possibly wanting out of St. Louis. I don't know if that could be a trade that could get in the works if he's still ha- unhappy there. But Tarasenko's not going to Calgary. That's what I mean. So it's like I think this is more of a money dump. So I do think Kachuk would add a lot to that St. Louis team, and uh, they're not far off. Again, taking Colorado to six games, giving them their best fight. Not saying that's you know something to hang a banner for, but I. Don't think this team is too far off if they can get a the Jordan Bennington that they won the cup with in 2019. Yeah, and obviously he's a really good player, so be a great. Well, like you them. said, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Ottawa's not one of these on here. He is a scumbag. Maybe so like Vegas. You knew Vegas was going to be on there. Maybe that means that yeah. Kachuk's gonna or Brady's gonna go home too. Yeah, maybe they meet up in St. Louis. But I don't know. Brady has a life that over there in Ottawa. He he runs that team. Yeah, he's the and man. They're building and something. And, they're cooking something up right now. So. Yeah, and there's some rumblings. Apparently, like they're they're in the talks to get a new stadium in like downtown Ottawa. So, uh, I guess that's maybe people are talking about. Is that why they're kind of, you know, making all these signings and making all these splashes in the free agent market to try to get a better team to possibly get a new rank in the future. So. How many years do you think? Brady has on his contract. When did he get? To, how many years has he been there? Two or three? I want to say three. Did he play in the bubble? Like I know there was playoffs. Did he play that year? I'm not sure. I think he's that was in '98, three seasons ago. So he's a year older than me. 
I think he's 98, yeah. He probably has a year or two left. So I think uh, he'll play that out in Ottawa, and if, if they get something going, he'll stay. But they're still shit in two years. Yeah. He'll obviously probably he'll probably be a restricted free agent or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, exact Kuchet, that's what Matthew that, is but. right now too. He's restricted. Yeah. Yeah, I st- I I think I think St. Louis would be a good fit for him, but you look at a team like Vegas with Jack Eichel and Stone and a team that you know is not too far off from a cup run themselves and trying to figure things out with a new head coach like Bruce Cassidy that couldn't be too a too bad of a landing spot for him either. Yeah, what a signing, by the way, Bruce Cassidy in Vegas. Yeah, you don't get you don't get too many situations where a co- a coach that took a team to the Stanley Cup within the past three years joins a team that's already ready to contend. I mean, yeah. I know they missed the playoffs last year, but they're ready to go. That was an injury thing, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, my With opinion. Eichel and yeah, yeah, they were never fully healthy. They were kind of like the Islanders, not as bad, but. I think the Islanders even are Pat, Islanders healthier a playoff team. Yeah, even Pacioretty missed time last year, and they were banged up all last year. So I think a year with a healthy Vegas team, it'll be it's going to be very exciting to see what the Cassidy can do. And obviously, if they get a guy like Kachuk, you got to look out for this Vegas team. Yeah, definitely. Next on the slate. Jumping over to Pittsburgh, they trade defenseman John Marino to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for defenseman Ty Smith in a third-round pick. Also, the Penguins acquire Jeff Petrie and Brian Poling from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Mike Matheson in a draft pick. So Mike Matheson finally off the Pens' books. What do we think about these trades? Um, yeah, two, two kind of money moves with the uh, said whenever this trade broke with Marino. I think the development with him, I think the Penguins were just kind of, uh, not really the Penguins specifically. I think Mike Sullivan wasn't too high on uh, John Marino's kind of biggest fans, I guess you'd say. Uh, At times last year, him getting healthy scratched, and even at times whenever he was kind of succeeding, you would see kind of his playing time decrease. And I don't know if it was just a, a personal thing or, I don't know, Mike Sullivan's a pretty good coach. I like to think that he puts that kind of stuff aside when it comes to you know, playing on the ice and doing your job. But I feel like over the past couple of years, Marino had that really big first year with the Penguins, uh, that breakout year he signed the contract and then uh, kind of, I guess you'd say leveled off, didn't really fill up to expectations, uh, kind of has stayed on that third pairing uh, for the past year or so. And um, I just think it's a new, new destination, you know, change of scenery for a guy that's kind of, is still a very young player, has a lot of potential. Uh, he's going to go to a team like New Jersey, not necessarily a cup contender themselves, but a very young team. Um, he has an opportunity to maybe slide up into a more important defensive role. Um, it's going to be interesting. He was a huge player on the penalty killer for or on the penalty kill for us last year, so it's a big, not necessarily a huge loss. But anytime you lose a guy that plays special teams on your team, so uh, not necessarily something you want. But a guy like Mike Sullivan, plug and play. Um, but as far as Matheson, like you said, another money move with uh, some of the additions that the Penguins have made over the past month or so uh, and the re-signings, you, you knew something like this was going to happen. And, uh, Petrie, not a bad player, not really too much to say about him, but that's really it. Penguins making a couple more moves, just trying to balance out the books before the season gets rolling here. 
Yeah, I agree. Money moves, like you said, Huff. Nothing more than that. Next, the New Jersey Devils have reached an agreement with restricted free agent Vitek Vanacek on a three-year deal worth $3.4 million a year. It's a nice little signing for them. Yeah. Um, what's the goalie that they have? Blackwood? Yeah, Blackwood. He. What do you think of him? He's He shows... He shows flashes of being a really good goalie, but I don't I don't know, man. He reminds me of like a B grade Jake Ottinger. Yeah, I, I kind of I yeah, I don't want I don't want to compare him to Jake Ottinger. <laughs> he's not he, Jake Ottinger like, is a very good goaltender. He's gonna have a very good That's what career. I mean. He's just like he lo- I don't know that it's just like that frame, like they're both like pretty big goalies. And I know a lot of the goalies in the NHL now are getting pretty large, but um, like you said, yeah, Ottinger's a stud right now, or the past season, and obviously the Dude, I've, series I've, he had against. I followed God. that kid since NTDP. He's 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 the real deal. He's he's sick, dude. He's gonna have is, a nice they, career. How old is that Blackwood kid? I don't know, probably twenty four. Yeah, uh, I thought he was pretty young. So. Ottinger's twenty four. He's two years older than him. He's ninety eight. Okay. And then Blackwood's they get a guy good. like Vanacek. It's gonna be nice to. Um, it's gonna be a nice little battle, and the, it'll push it'll push both goaltenders. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is a good. This could be good for obviously the guy, like I said, in Blackwood for, like you said, give him a little battle and see what he can do. But yeah, not much else for me from that side. Devils, Devils don't really got much going. So yeah, I'm not really. There's no team in the NHL I'm least interested, in, less interested in, than the New Jersey Devils. Perfect way to say it. They also speaking of the Devils that I didn't write down actually they just signed Pollard off the off the Lightning. Yeah, that's kind of that, that's a good uh, ad for them. Yeah, they did get obviously there was a there was huge uh, talks all playoffs that they weren't really going to be able to come to terms with him and the year the player that he's been for them the past two years in those cup runs and getting to the cup this year. Uh, you knew he was going to get the big money. I think it's a five-year deal. I didn't don't remember the exact money. I remember it being a five-year deal, though, in New Jersey. Sucks for him, but good for the Devils. Yeah, good for the Devils. And with that, I got a little stat. The Buffalo Sabres and the Columbus Blue Jackets have the youngest team in the NHL for the t- upcoming 2022-2023 season. The age sitting there at 259 years old average age feels low yeah that is low like i don't ever remember hearing it be that low i don't know i can't really like i saw people say the penguins average age is like 30 something and they're like freaking out but it's like dude when Certain teams are in certain situations. Like, you're not just going to unload guys because they're old. Like, I mean, older. Like, you still have your young guys. Like, it's obviously your role players are going to be younger. Like, you have your speed in certain parts of your lineup. Like, certain people look at, like, the lineup age and they're like, oh, yeah, this team's going to win the cup. They're it's sitting at this average age. Like, that's where you want to be. And, like, the average weight where, like, there was the thing with, like, the the past five years, the Stanley Cup champion, the um, – there was a thing that it was like the past five years, the Stanley Cup champion was in the top five team of heaviest teams 
in the NHL. Does that make sense? The way I word yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, average weight is top five. Yeah, in the like league. the average weight. So like, I don't know things like that. I don't really look into too much. But like, when you pull a stat like that, and you're like, the last five years, the game's gotten a lot more physical in the playoffs. You look at the teams that win in the playoffs; they're the top five heaviest teams. Um, I haven't really seen too many stats that kind of compare to age, but um, yeah, it's I do 25, feel like that is kind of young. I feel like this is crazy young because the NHL yeah. in general is just it's it's a league you usually enter at a later age. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't you don't really yeah. enter until you're most guys don't enter until they're in their twenties at least. Yeah, like. 23 yeah like 22 23 years old is when you usually unless you're a stud but i don't know i feel like that's very low age yeah all righty with that we transition into the mlb now first up the washington nationals are open to hearing trade offers for juan soto after the star turned down a 15-year 440 million dollar offer that would have been the largest contract in mlb history according to a report at The Athletic. That's pretty crazy. I heard about this, but who's pick, who's picking them up? I've heard a couple things about, um, oh, who did I hear? Where do you guys think Juan Soto's going to end up? I just, first off, him in the stage of his MLB career being so young, he's 23 years old, to deny $440 million dollars the age of 23, that is, I mean, my age, I cannot imagine being in that situation. Obviously, this guy knows that uh, he has a bigger deal coming perhaps somewhere or better location, I think, in his situation. He's just not happy in, in D.C. with the state of the Nationals, obviously, already winning a World Series in his young MLB career. Um, a very sought-after player, as we'll see some of these trade destinations that I've seen on the score app, but... I'll get right into him, but Mackie, what do you think? Obviously, hearing that news, um, I don't know. I don't really know what to think of it. I mean, obviously, Nationals are awful this year, and MLB is a league that usually ships off other good players at like the deadline. Teams that can co- compete, and then he'll uh, sign his deal after that. But I, I don't. I, I, he's worth it. He's 23 years old. He's one one of the best hitters in the league. Yeah, and before we get into these trade destinations, I mean, being one of the best hitters in the league, winning the home run derby, obviously this past Monday night uh, over Julio Rodriguez, a hell of a performance by both of them, I think, throughout the whole night. I don't know if you guys watched it, but Julio Rodriguez putting on a hell of a performance, 30-plus 30, 30 home runs in each of the first two rounds, and uh, Soto was just getting the job done on the other side of the bracket. Uh, he was batting second. So anytime he got one more, it was just kind of a walk-off, move on to the next round, cut the rest of your time. So, um, But Rodriguez throughout the all the way up to the championship round, uh, getting to face Soto, the 23-year-old Soto against the 21-year-old Julio Rodriguez. It was a crazy home run derby. And Soto coming out on top just a couple days after denying this massive deal. Uh, just kind of a huge fucking big dick move, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. But, um, like I said, we'll get into some of these trade destinations that I found. So, I'll just kind of read through them. Um, some of them, like you said, more realistic than others. But, 
uh, in no order. The L.A. Dodgers uh, in this situation, Dodgers receive Juan Soto. Nationals would receive Gavin Lux, Ryan Pepiat, Bobby Miller, Diego Cartea, and Andy Pages. So just showing like, what is that, one, two, three, four, five guys. And there's obviously still going to be like cash considerations. You know how stuff goes in the MLB. Uh, second team, New York Yankees. Um, obviously, Yankees receive Soto. Nationals receive Glaber Torres, Anthony Volpe, Oswald Peraza, Jason Dominguez, and Ken Waldachuk. So another five with five player An- trade going back to the Nationals. Anthony Volpe is the number one prospect in the in the MLB right now. Okay, so he's actually another. Obviously, you get a guy like Torres in the lineup immediately, and then a bunch of prospects in the system. So. I think that's something, obviously, with a lot of these trades, you're going to see, obviously, more prospects. That's something the, the Nationals and, obviously, these younger MLB teams are looking for. Push this, you know what I mean? Push the can down the road. We'll kind of build for the future. But uh, next destination, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, this one's pretty interesting to me. I thought the Blue Jays were pretty high on this guy. But when you can land a guy like Soto, uh, you'd send off uh, to the Nationals, Bo Bichette. Uh, and a couple prospects, four other prospects, but a guy like Bichette has been a kind of a cornerstone player for that Blue Jays team the past couple years. Um, a team that I root for, even though they're in my Pirates division, uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I'd definitely like to see him there, but a bunch of, you know what I mean, five, what is that, one, two, three, four, five, six players. Uh, Liberator, the, uh, he's been a nice pitcher for them this year, going back to the Nationals. Um and then the last one, the Padres, this would be a very interesting scenario for him to go play out there with Tatis and um, Machado going, and a bunch of players going back, including an all-star this year and Jake Cronenworth. So uh, lots of trade destinations, obviously, like you said, uh, some more realistic than others, but I'll let you get into that. Uh, where do you think he could go out of these ones, just to be specific? I like him in the I like him going to the Padres. I think that's a nice fit for him too, with the type of player he is and the type of team the Padres are, with all their like flashy play and their flashy players and being in San Diego. I do, yeah, but, I think he would fit in with Tatis really well. Yeah, I feel like he's that type of player. But I I like that Cardinals trade. I like that. I like that deal. I feel like Toronto too much. You're giving up Boba Chef for prospect and. And five prospects. That's ridiculous. Yankees yeah. are giving up. The one, the, the one that up. I didn't name, the one I didn't name, the Mets uh, would be giving up pitcher David Peterson, and uh, you might know some of these guys: Francisco Alvarez, Brett Batty, yeah, yeah, Ronnie Mauricio, and Alex Ramirez. I only know Francisco Alvarez. I also don't mind that, but I don't want to. I don't want to pay him four hundred forty million dollars. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yankees like, literally can't do it if they want to sign Judge. I feel like we could use somebody else in that spot. Juan Soto is a really good player, but we don't really have a good. I feel like players come to come to New York and die, at least in 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 Queens. So uh, I don't know. I feel like he he wouldn't really fit in New York. Yeah, I think I think I'd love to see him go to St. Louis. I think that would be a really good situation for him. I do think the Toronto trade would be too much for Toronto. I don't know how realistic that would be on their end. Um, and then the the Dodgers are in play for everyone, so he'll probably go to L.A. You think he goes to Dodgers? I mean, dude, they get everyone. Nah, I don't think he goes to the Dodgers. 
I don't want him to, but I'd, I'd like to see him go to the Cardinals out of these teams. Yeah, me too. And with all this talk about Juan Soto, he wins the home run derby over 21-year-old Seattle Mariners rising star Julio Rodriguez. I kind of already ripped in through this. I, yeah, I thought you did. Did you say the American yeah. League won and everything? No. <clears throat> and with that, the American League wins the 2022 MLB All-Star Game by a score of 3-2. to two. Us predicting that correctly. The Yankees outfielder Giancarlo Stanton would take home All-Star Game MVP honors in his first All-Star Game appearance with the Yankees. Yeah, so like you said, Stanton hitting the two-run shot. I think it was the fourth or fifth inning uh, that sparked that comeback, and then they go back-to-back. Byron Buxton comes up right after the two-run shot by Stanton that tied the game, hits a solo shot, make it 3-2. And as you said, final score 3-2. No one scored after that. AL wins. Uh, we had the AL AL money line. That was a nice little hit for us on uh, what was that Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, not much else to say. AL now has won what nine straight. Something like that. Yeah. Low scoring game again. Yeah, a, a lot of people, obviously, every All-Star game, they're like, bet the over, bet the over, bet the over. Yeah, but I looked at the bets, and uh, at least on CBS, it was like 61% under. So I was like, all right, well, it's not a trap. Might as well do it. And I did yeah. it, and I was wrong. The nerfy didn't hit. Because NL scored in the first inning. Yeah, I was actually going to bet your feet, too. But I don't know. I yeah, I was like, it's the All-Star game. If anything, I think they score in the first inning. Yeah. You see Shohei Itani, first pitch swinging? Yeah. He said first pitch. Yeah, he, said, he, he said first pitch I see, I'm swinging. <laughs> I was going to say they showed that interview of him. That was pretty cool. And more news out of the MLB. The league saying that they would not charge the athletics a relocation fee if they relocate to Vegas. I think they need to move. You know, the Warriors relocating to San Francisco, Raiders relocating to Las Vegas. What do you guys got? I think this this is a situation that looks at, they've been kind of having so many mock-ups of a new stadium for the past, like, 10 years, and they're just not going to get it because, one, the team isn't good, and obviously the product on the field, and with the MLB, uh, the salary cap, you know, you have to what you pay is what you get in a lot of situations with the MLB and some of these teams. And uh, a team like the Oakland A's has just been kind of mediocre the past, uh, who knows how many years. I can't even really name a time in my lifetime where I remember them being like a serious threat. I could be wrong. I'm just blanking on a couple of years, but they've had some players that have been really nice. But a team that I think. And they lose uh, them. Yeah, I think. I think a relocation just would be good for this team, but I, I, um, heard... I also understand the city of Oakland kind of keeping one of their teams, but they're never going to get a new stadium there. That stadium's a dump. Um, they need to get out of there, in my opinion. I heard that owner's a piece of shit and doesn't want to spend any money into the team. And I heard like the fans, I, I could be wrong here, but this is what I remember uh, seeing somewhere. The fans are like boycotting and everything. Because he's such a yeah. I mean, just, dude, who did Matt Chapman, Matt Mar- or 
Mark Hanna. Like you, you had good players, and you just ship them off every single year. You get them. They were they weren't bad last year. I think they made the playoffs. Yeah. They were in a wild card game. They've always had some nice pitchers that have come through their system too, and they just always get sent away. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I I think they need to get out of Oakland. We've seen every other yeah. team do it, so. You know they'll get a sick stadium in Vegas. Yeah, and it's going to bring in so much more money for the NFL. That's why they aren't going to charge them for relocating. Yeah. All righty. And I got two more little things to run off here. The Dodgers sell twice as many hot dogs as the next highest-selling hot dog-selling team. I, I feel like there's funny. a there's a there's a signature hot dog at the Dodger game that I'm forgetting. I can't think of the name of. Have you been? No, but um, I know like when you like there's like those things when they talk about like signature things at each stadium. I don't yeah. want to say like Dodger dog, but I feel like that's too expected. Yeah. I believe that. But yeah, it's something like that. Um, that that wasn't that didn't too, surprise me too much when I saw that. But double more than double the second. There's gotta place, be that's... there's gotta be like a major promotion going on there for hot dogs. Yeah, they yeah. gotta be like dollar dogs. Or yeah, something. it's like... gotta be something because it's a do- like every every stadium like a hot dog is a huge thing. Like just get a hot dog. So like yeah, at Dodger Stadium, it's gotta be something like drastic, like. Special, like or, said, or, or like a yeah, it's got to be some type of deal or special or something. Mackie, you're a huge hot dog connoisseur. You would know. I I hate hot dogs. <laughs> They're disgusting. You know what's in a hot dog? <laughs> yeah, I do. No, you don't. That's the thing. You don't know what's in a hot dog. Just like bologna. You don't know what's in bologna either. Gross. Same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, do we, how do we get to talking about within a hot dog? I, I, my point was about hot dogs. What a crazy stat! Good for them, winning what at a, everything. What a, good for them. Good for them. They're just good at everything. Alrighty, and finally to wrap up the episode, New York State reports one point zero five billion dollars in online sports betting wagers in the month of June of twenty twenty two. New York has surpassed $1 billion wagered in each month this year thus far. Damn, Mackie, you got to chill out, dude. Yeah, dude, like half of that's me. Half. Nah, that's crazy. I hope, the, Every, I hope the profit's coming back. Everybody gambles nowadays. It's crazy because like, I'll be like playing poker with my friends. like People you wouldn't even expect to like gamble. And they'll be like, yo, did you bet on anything tonight? And I'm like, what, you gamble? And they're like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, I know exactly what you there's, mean. There's one kid that I hang out with, literally knows nothing about sports, and he'll just, like, hit me up for random parlays and throw, like, $50 on it, too. And I'm like, dude, you literally know absolutely nothing about any of this shit. And he still yeah. gambles. It's just everyone does it. It's such a big part of sports nowadays. It Honestly, like, and with the NFL coming, you're going to see some crazy gambling stats this NFL season. Oh, my God. It's actually, like, week one. Huh. Did you Dude, see? Speaking I can't. of speaking of big bets, Mattress Mac put, go back not to go back to the MLB, but put two million on the Astros again to win the Always. World Series. I have a futures on the Yankees. I got them at plus four hundred. They're probably a little higher now, but like I felt like 
they probably should have been like 270 when I got them at 400, so I saw value. What'd you put on it? 200. Nice. Yeah, so. Just plus 400? Yeah, so two to win eight? Two to win eight, exactly. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, dude, they said I win it this year. Yeah, honestly. That's going to do it for me, though. A little bit of a. Yeah, a little bit of a shorter episode. Not too much not too much NBA stuff, but Mackie, what were you saying? Go ahead. Do we have a countdown in NFL season? What is it, 49 days? Yeah. Seven weeks. Seven Literally. episodes. When this episode airs, is this coming out tomorrow, Jess? Thursday? Yes, this will be out Thursday. Seven weeks of the NFL regular season. Six more episodes without it. <sighs> That's the countdown I needed. <laughs> Six more episodes. Well, we kind of got until the NFL got, uh, season. We got preseason three weeks prior, so yeah, and college football a week before that. Yeah, we're well, not before not before preseason a week, week before, before the, the NFL actual season. season. Yeah, five weeks without. It's right around the corner, football. boys. We're we're almost there. We have not much to talk about right now. We're talking about Madden ratings <laughs> in the middle of the summer, but we're getting through the home we're stretch. Working of this. with what we have. The NFL's coming. Stick with us. Show us the love on the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that good stuff. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Great week again. Thank you, boys. See you guys next week. And that's going to do it for us this week on Hit the Books Podcast. Thank you for all the support week in and week out. Please be sure to share and check out our various social media platforms and check out our website. All the info is located in our link tree in the description below. And always remember to hit the books. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.